0: Hey, I'm Trish
1: and I'm Thaddeus and you're listening to the Fallen Short Podcast. Last week on the podcast, we talked a little bit about this. We talked about the approval of man and trying not to live for the approval of man. We're going to continue that conversation.
0: So something I feel like the Lord has been really working over in my heart, probably for a lot of years, but really intensely over the last few months, is the an idol that I would say I struggle with, which is the approval of man. And I think in this cancel culture that we're living in, it's just magnifying it more. And how I am someone who really just has a heart for people, I guess, and but really wants to be a speaker of truth and someone who lives by their convictions, but yet at the same time, please people. And I feel like I've been living in this tension of the things I almost feel like in my heart are pleasing to God, and I'm trying to be obedient to God, are really disappointing to man and are really offensive to man. I've been living in this awkward tension of different dichotomies of wanting to either live for the approval of man, live for the approval of God, or the one that mostly wins out is living for the myself and my selfish desires and what is easiest for me. And I would argue to say that living for my selfish desires oftentimes is easier to approve man than it is to approve God. So it's like this tension between all three aspects, but a lot of times when I'm living for things I want most, it's most going to be to have the approval of man. And, and I just been really wrestling with this, mulling this over in my own heart, in my own mind. And I really want God to be the king of my life, and nothing has changed in the 36 years or whatever, not 36 years, but since I first became a follower of Christ and really started trying to live my life for him versus now as far as as wanting him to be the king of my life, however, I think God allows us to realize different things in different seasons of our life, and where I would say I'm at right now is trying to combat (laughs) that idol in my life and trying to tear down that idol and not let it be an idol that I bow my knee to anymore when it comes to if I feel like God is placing something on my heart and I have to walk in obedience to it, how do I not succumb to the pressure of the approval of man or the pressure of wanting to fit in or wanting to be approved? How do I just live for God's approval? Because my what I'm finding out is in my life, in the times where I've lived for the approval of man— that when man no longer approves of me, how easy it is for me to fall because I did something because I had the man's approval rather than having what motivates me be living for the approval of God. The challenge is flipping our mindset from living for the approval of man or living for ourselves, and then the challenge, I guess, for us is to switch where identity comes from and switch where our approval comes from, and let our approval come from God and God alone. Because if our approval comes from man, we'll get knocked on our feet, we'll get taken out. Because man eventually is always going to disapprove of you, or you're going to do something. Because there's never a time where you're ever going to agree 100 percent with somebody. Because if that's the case, somebody's lying. Like if if you always see it eye to eye with certain people, like somebody is not bringing their truth of who they are and what they believe to the table. Like that's just fact because people just view things differently. Like the weather might be warm to mean cold to Thaddeus or vice versa. Like there's, it's just how it is.
1: It's been cold the past like few days. So I think we both could agree on that.
0: We can learn a lot from looking at Jesus's life. The fact that he was so loved and cherished by people and people would throw himself at their feet. People would bring their family members to him to be healed. People would come through ceilings of houses to see him. People would walk on water to see him. People would gather in large groups to see him and to listen to him. And they didn't have food to eat. They they would just come and they would throng themselves on him. And then the next thing you know, the same people who were doing that were yelling, crucify him. Right. And so how can we not expect that in our own life when the person we're trying to fashion our life after had people who loved him and adored him and then later yelled, crucify him. And even his own disciples and the people who he invested a lot of time with rejected him. I mean, Judas turned him in to be arrested and eventually crucified, and Peter denied him, and Peter said, you know, denied him as Jesus and as Christ, and so you have all that happening to Jesus, and and we too in our lives have probably denied and rejected Jesus in our own lives, and have denied his power in our own lives, and have questioned who he is in our own lives, but yet I want to be more like Peter than Judas, Because Judas never, as far as we know, came to a place of repentance and turning his life back around. But Peter did.
1: Judas, by accounts that we read, I mean, he looked like he committed suicide. Right. Because uh, probably because he felt so much shame and grief and, and just not just from, like, doing something wrong, but... He probably did have that, oh, what do people think of me now?
0: Yeah, definitely. And maybe he even came to the realization that Christ who was <laughs> Christ is who he says he is and now he's being crucified and who who am I? I don't know. That's that We're part.
1: speculating.
0: Yeah. John fifteen says that if they persecuted Jesus, they'll persecute us kind of thing. And so if we're going to be outspoken and not even outspoken, honestly, but just living a life in obedience to Christ, maybe even not even using much words to preach the gospel, but preaching the gospel with our lives, which I think you should do both. I don't necessarily like the saying that says to let your life preach rather than using words, but something along those lines, but I think you should do both. (laughs) However, if we're going to live our life, As a reflection of Christ, we need to expect persecution to come, and be ready for it, and trust in God and have peace in Him. And I'm not saying like go out with your Bible and start bashing people over the head. We need to speak truth in love. We need to be a loving representative of Christ. But we need to break down that idol that some of us have, where we live for the approval of man, and we live. from a place of fear of being canceled or rejected or abandoned or a place that we are fearful of the assumptions that people will make of us. Because I think sometimes for me, I struggle with not necessarily is what I'm presenting truthful, but what are the assumptions that people will make from what I'm putting out there, if that makes sense.
1: No, it makes sense. And I know I'm guilty of of thinking that way, of thinking, if I do this, someone's going to think this. And I might be right. I might be wrong. I might be overthinking it. I might be overanalyzing. Uh, and I probably do it more so with you of, if you do that. These people are going to think that.
0: <laughs> I'm very embarrassing to Thaddeus, just so you guys know. I do a really good job at being embarrassing
1: (laughs) but it's just it's it's easy to just go down that path and maybe maybe it's just me but it's like I said last week
0: I don't think it's just you and that's why we're talking about it it's not just me that's why we're talking about it
1: like I said last week growing up whether it was elementary school middle school high school there were there were people that had assumptions that I was stuck up, and I I know this as an after the fact that people there. Not, I'm not saying everybody thought I was stuck up, but there were people that thought I was stuck up because I kind of kept to myself. In my mind, I was you know it wasn't I wasn't stuck up. I just didn't want to embarrass myself for you know what if I do if I open up what are they gonna think or et cetera. And I think over the years, I've gotten better about it. But it's still something of Trish and I don't have. <laughs> we don't have a lot of uh, close friends. We have a lot of acquaintances. And there's people that we let further into our lives than others. And, and that's probably partially of just not knowing what people are going to think of us and not wanting to
0: open up. We're letting you guys know our weirdness. <laughs> in like a weekly little sound bit of, oh, you might hear a podcast and you might be like, Thaddeus and Trish are kind of out there and they're a little weird. And it's just for like 15 minutes you have to put up with their weirdness. But if we're hanging out with people, it's usually more than 15 minutes so they get a big dose of it. And I like Thaddeus said, I'm way weirder than he is. I have a lot of really, some of you listening to this are laughing because you know, I have a lot of out there weird thoughts and opinions on stuff. I, I'm i in my mind a lot. I have a lot of things going on up in my head and a lot of thoughts. And so sometimes I like to verbally process them out loud with people, which is totally fine. I mean, if you're going to be my friend, you got to put up with my weirdness, I suppose.
1: But I think just thinking back, and I'll say this, because I know Trish has had it happen too, but we've both had instances where, we've let people in and we thought we were good friends with someone and not that they stabbed us in the back, but it was just like all of a sudden something changed and maybe they didn't agree with something. Maybe we called them out on something that we didn't agree with because we were trying to be real and honest with them. Or maybe, uh, they moved away and we just fell out of touch or whatever. And, but then Maybe you see them down the road and it's just not the same versus there are people in my life. I know like I could probably just reconnect with even if I haven't seen them in years, but there's just that, that, uh, push and pull, you know, trying to find that, that balance of how real can I be with somebody Mm -hmm. because are they truly going to be a part of my life or not? Do I want to put in that effort You know, what are they going to think? Or do I live in the kind of a facade of uh, surface level, not really let them in, etc.? Because I don't know what they're going to think.
0: And I gotta say, my formative years—just kind of going off this—a song that was probably one of my favorite songs in high school was "Jesus Freak" by DC Talk, and I was in
1: that high school we're older than that sure maybe, or maybe you didn't hear it until high I, school but. F- well
0: okay i will just say the years of my life where i fully embraced the song jesus freak was my high school years and i really like i'm not a perfect christian i wasn't then and I'm not now but i was just okay with people labeling me a jesus freak and that song probably had something major to do with it because it was Heard of my i don't know
1: for the record jesus freak came out in 1995
0: thank you google what year did we okay so middle school maybe ish
1: like right after you turned 11
0: oh you fifth know what grade. actually that's probably true because i think i saw them in concert
1: fifth grade so I,
0: I had him sign a coat that i still have i'm pretty sure i could be wrong on that
1: just saying not high school
0: whatever don't judge me in my lack of timeline. <laughs> just
1: proving a point.
0: See? Just trying to prove. Yes, this is...
1: I- I'll say this, though, too. Like, there were times in my life where I almost... the opposite of I don't care what these people are going to think and almost, like, I hope they think this way in just, like, a, I guess, rebellious type of way of... I went to a small private uh, school and there were things that weren't allowed that sound in this day and age just kind of absurd. Guys couldn't have earrings, you know, and I got my ears pierced, but I couldn't wear my earrings to school. But my senior year, I went post-secondary and I started stretching my ears more and more. <laughs> and, you know, at graduation, guess what? I wore my plugs. And, and in a school picture in high school, I wore a T-shirt that some of you might recognize that said, body piercing saved my life on it. Because it's true, but it was almost like, I don't care what you think, uh Principal. You this might,
0: is... <laughs> for some of us that are slow learners, you're going to have to explain that one.
1: Okay, body piercing saved my life. And then on the back was an image of two hands with them pierced from Jesus being nailed to the cross. Thank you. But just the fact that it was like, I, I guess I still cared what they thought. I was trying to prove a point.
0: Mm-hmm. It's such a awkward tension to walk in because at one point we want to care what people think of us because we want them to know we're Christians by our love. We want to reflect Jesus well. Like Something I pray over myself all the time and my children and my husband is that we can be a beautiful reflection of Jesus and that we can reflect him well. And so at a certain capacity we do care what people think of us but then at the same time and the other tension of it is We don't want to care what people think of us. We only want to live for the approval of God. And the Bible says that the righteous are as bold as lions and the wicked flee when nobody pursues them. What I've been processing over in my mind is what does that mean in this day and age we're living in? What does it mean to be as bold as a lion? And what does it mean when the Bible says to be wise as serpents, as harmless as a dove? what does that mean? And what does that mean? And how can I apply that into my life? How can I be as bold as a lion with the things that God is telling me, but yet as harmless as a dove? And how do I love others well? And how do I inspire others to want to serve the Lord? And how do I because the Bible says the goodness of God leads men to repentance. And I don't know about you guys, but for me in particular, when I've had people come after me with the word of God, or I've had people come at me with condemnation and judgment, if anything, that has caused me to want to walk away from God or has caused me to want to rebel and, and not do what they say, actually do the exact opposite. And so it's always been in my life, the goodness of God that leads me to repentance. It's always been in my life the conviction of the Holy Spirit. I do want to say I i try to receive if somebody comes up to me with a confrontation and says, hey Trish, I really feel like you're missing this in your life or this is where I feel like you're in error. I try to receive that with as much love and grace as I possibly can from that person and hopefully it wasn't a condemning thing. Hopefully it was just a correction and hopefully the Holy Spirit can Work me over with that because a lot of times what I've noticed is when people have done that and it's been a very accurate thing in my life, it has been also something the Holy Spirit's already been working in me. I don't. I think the Holy Spirit is kind of a gentleman in the way that he doesn't knock you off your feet and he's not going to use somebody else to bring correction to your life where he hasn't already tried to. And so we we do have to guard our hearts. The Bible talks about guarding your hearts and. The devil prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking from who he can devour, seeking people who are leaving their hearts open for display, letting the world tell them what to think, letting the world tell them how to feel, letting other people tell them all these things. And the the devil loves it when we, as the body of Christ, allow the world to tell us and judge us and condemn us and allow each other to judge and condemn versus allowing God to be the one who does that. And the Bible does leave room for christians to judge and hold each other accountable and that's not what we're talking about here today but what we're talking about is the bible says that we wrestle not with flesh and with blood but against principalities powers against rulers of the darkness and against spiritual wickedness and high places it does not say though that we wrestle with man and man's opinions but we're wrestling against the the devil we're we're fighting against the devil he is out to kill still and destroy us People are not our enemy. The devil is our enemy, and we need to be fully woke <laughs> to that and fully aware of that and fully loving people, even when we disagree with them, even when we don't see eye to eye with them, even when they might come at us with hate or they might just cancel us. We still need to love them and realize the real enemy is the, the devil.
1: And I think to circle back, I know I said earlier, it's it's easy to get into this idea of what do people think of me or what do people think of this action that I'm taking. And I think to go along with a little bit of what Trish is saying about being bold as lions, etc. I think we also need to be wise too. I just think about the yes there's the cancel culture that we've talked about but just thinking about how in the in history of people who have been bold as lions or they want to think that they are being bold as lions and how it has hurt them or people around them because they're really it's almost like like I was saying in a in a, a similar way but on a larger scale of me being bold and trying to stick it to the school rules, you know, uh, where someone being bold and trying to stick it to, well, I don't know if I want to name it, but I'll name it because I guess I don't care what people are going to say. And I think the people listening are, are going to probably agree with me. But if you think about a church that's been prominent in our recent history, Westboro Baptist Church, and how they've been bold about things that they believe are true and right and righteous and things like that of how that makes all of Christians look when I believe what they have shown in recent history has not been very Christ-like and I'm I'm saying like across the board the different things that they've done and the condemnation that they've put on people so I think there's just some using wisdom of what is being bold as a lion and, like, what is true and what are, you know, what you believe in. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying something that Trish does is going to affect all of the Christians, you know, or whatever. I'm saying, in general, you know, like, you have to be wise about what Mm -hmm. you're trying to be bold about. And even I think about just in the workplace, in everyday workplace, it's easy to like I said earlier, easier to fall in the trap of thinking about what people think of you. And I think it's okay in some respects because in this day and age of social media and everything else, I worry about not just myself, not Trish, our family. I worry about other people that I'm friends with on social media and the things that they put out there I worry not that I'm going to cancel them if I disagree with them, but I worry sometimes that they are going to get quote unquote canceled for things that they say and things that they say that might they, they're trying to be bold about, but it's, is that the hill you want to die on?
0: Right. And I think we need to use the filter of love. Is this loving? And to not just be bold to be bold and not just be, outspoken to be outspoken but is it truly something Christ is putting on your heart does it align I think there's filters you have to go through is it truly something Christ is putting on your heart is it truly loving is it backed by the word of God is what you're putting out there in your actions on social media the way you're handling your finances your family events your all the different things is it backed by the word of God is it you know I think that there are filters in a Christian's life that you need to decide in your actions because the world is looking at you. You're a Christian, which is your Christ-like, which means that people are looking at you as a representative of Christ. And we can be people who cancel Christ in other people's lives. And that has been, honestly, in this political climate, a fear. And I'm this is just church being truthful right now. But a fear I have when I see Christians posting some of this political stuff on social media, if I were not a believer and I didn't understand what they were filtering their thoughts through, I would be so offended by Christ.
1: Oh, definitely. I'll put this out there. I'm not going to name names here because I did not talk to certain individuals about this, so I will try to be as vague as possible. But recently... It's probably in the last week or two. I'm in a a Facebook group. It's semi has to do with Christianity. not really. It, it's about a, a music label and things like that and kind of I'm in there for nostalgia reasons and etc. And a friend of mine who is in there, he's a he's new to the group in there posted a question. Didn't really have anything to do with any of the musicians on that record label or anything, but it was just a a curiosity question of who in this group still believes like they're a Christian or claims to be a Christian, etc. Okay? That's the general gist of it. And there's so many comments of you know, some people just are like, "Yep," you know, or "I used to be, but" xyz or yes i'm still a christian in the true term of it but i'm i don't go to church i don't associate with this or that and reading through some of the comments it's like i've seen so much of it growing up especially in the music world that i've been a part of of uh alternative or punk rock or hardcore or metal etc where there is a Christian form of that. And I I still struggle with that in my mind, too. Like, should a band be labeled a Christian band or not, right? Or are they just a band? But the fact is, I've seen it time and time again where there's been, whether it's quote-unquote a Christian band or Christians in a band that perform at churches or Christian music festivals, etc., along with the fans that have had this cookie cutter upbringing of Christianity and they were raised a certain way, they were told certain things and as they grew to be adults and were able to spread their wings, how the ideas that were placed on them, they didn't agree with even like diving deeper into the Bible and reading about Jesus and then seeing what, the quote unquote church teaches and this isn't like one specific denomination this is across the board uh, you know and how their beliefs have changed because
0: like throwing the baby out with the bathwater kind of thing
1: right and and honestly i would say i'm in the same boat as a lot of those people i i'm still a christian i still go to church attend a church etc i wouldn't say all of my beliefs or how I view things are exactly as they were when I was growing up or what I, I was being taught. And
0: I certainly hope that isn't the case because if it, if it is the case, that's really sad because it means you're not growing in your faith for one. And it means you're not growing in your experience in life. Cause I think life experiences help shape our perspective on the world, how we view scripture, how we view others. Because I think the more I realize, even just take sin, for example, right? I was very judgmental as a teenager and I really struggled with that. That was also another sin in my life that I've struggled with that I really have had to break free from. But the best way I've broken free from judgment was realizing how much of a sinner I myself am and how much of the mercy of the Lord I need in my life. And I think when I've come to that realization, it helped reestablish a lot of even my thoughts on things. And my faith has evolved and my understanding of the grace of the Lord has evolved because I've had to experience so much more of it. And the love of Jesus, the father, or I should say the father's love. I understood the love of the father so much more once I had children. I thought I knew the love of the father before I had kids, but it was the experience I had of having children that helped me to understand how a parent could love a father. A child but not only love that child but have more children and love them because the love doesn't get divided it gets multiplied but I had this limited understanding of the love of the father and I think that a healthy thing is is like you're saying Thaddeus your beliefs have changed and I think that is where we all desire to be if you're looking at your life and you're like I still believe a lot of the same things I believed way back when or maybe I've even regressed in my beliefs how can you charge yourself forward in, in your faith and in your spiritual journey to help grow and reestablish some of that? Because one of the saddest things I've, I've heard people say many times is I've read the Bible once. I've, I know enough of it. I've heard people say that and it breaks my heart because every time I read the word of God, I feel like, okay, not every time because there are definitely times where I can read the Word of God and not get much out of it, but I've been reading the Word of God most of my life on a pretty, a fairly regular basis since I was in maybe fifth, fourth or fifth grade when I had a Sunday school teach us Sunday school teacher teach me how to read the Word of God and challenge us to even read the Word of God in a year. And so I think not that I've been always faithful and always good at it, and I have stories about times in my life where I haven't been good at it. Every time I pick up the word of God, I usually get a new revelation or a new understanding of the word of God. And so we look at it as a well, as something we can just keep digging out because a well doesn't really ever run dry. It just keeps filling up. Right. And so the word of God is like a well, but sometimes wells do run dry and you have to dig a new well.
1: Well, I I guess what I'm getting at is what you were talking about, seeing friends and political posts and things Mm -hmm. like that it's not just politics. It's a lot of different things that you see, you know, like I was saying, I worry sometimes about people I'm friends with on social media of getting canceled because of the culture that we're in and the things that they are willing to be bold about. And they, you know, of not thinking what people think, or maybe they are thinking, well, I hope this pisses off this, these people or whatever. Right. And the problem is, I worry about them getting canceled, but I also worry about then the the portrayal of Christianity.
0: Right, like I was saying, the people who aren't saved will just cancel Christ even more. Right. Because of the misrepresentation we can have as it people say Christians are hypocrites. Heck yeah we are. Heck yeah, I'm a hypocrite. Like, that's why I need Jesus. If you believe Christians are hypocrites, you need to understand that they are hypocrites. And that's the whole point of Christianity. That's the whole point of Jesus is because Jesus is not a hypocrite. He is the only perfect person. And he's the only one who can really represent the Lord. The rest of us are trying to be like Christ. The rest of us are are doing our best to try to live a life after somebody who was perfect. But guess what? We're going to as our name of our podcast is, fall short time and time and time again. And there's so much freedom in that. There is so much freedom in that. I, I really struggle with this idea. I'm going to go here now, too, with progressive Christianity. Something I struggle with so much is that we're no longer calling sin, sin, because basically, Sin doesn't exist in progressive Christianity, if you know much about it. That could be a whole other topic. But what I see a lot in sin is a lot of legalism, a lot of having to fit into a certain box, having to have these stances on certain issues in our culture, and, and trying to do good all the time and do good the right way. And I feel like all I see when I look at progressive Christianity is a ton of legalism and a ton of trying to do right, a ton of trying not to be hypocritical, a ton of trying to fit a circle into a square. Like I, I just see a lot of awkwardness and I, I, I just find so much freedom in, in being a, knowing I'm a sinner, knowing that I can live a hypocritical life, knowing that I misrepresent Christ, but I find so much freedom in that because I do live my life to try to represent Christ well. Like I said, that's something we pray over our family is that we do represent Christ well and that we can be a a light and that God will use us in our generation. But I don't ever want to give somebody this illusion that I'm a perfect Christian and that I'm a sinless person and that I'm not hypocritical because if I ever have done that, I am sorry because that is not who I am. I'm fully human. I'm not fully God like Jesus was and fully human. I am just simply human, period. End of story. I am a human creating God's image who sins and fails a lot and misses the mark a lot and has to repent a lot. And so I hope that we can help rewrite the narrative in people's lives and we can help them come to know Jesus not because of who we are but because of who Christ is and if you are listening to this and you have yet to really encounter Christ as your savior or maybe you're living this life of trying to live for the approval of man or maybe you're living this life of trying to live for the approval of God or trying to have righteous deeds and trying to do everything right all the time because you do not want to be a hypocrite. I want to say there's freedom in Jesus' name for you. There's freedom to be found. And the Bible says if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we're saved. It doesn't confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and live a lifestyle that doesn't say that. Because if I I think Jesus is Lord and I'm still trying to save myself here on earth, Jesus is not Lord. I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that Jesus is Lord— It's both heart and mouth. And so if you haven't yet confessed Jesus as Lord over your life, this would be a great opportunity for you to do that, to just ask Jesus to come into your heart, come into your life to invade the dark crevices and those spaces in your life where he hasn't been welcome and invite him in and ask him to be Lord. Ask him to be king. Ask him to rule and reign in your life because he wants you. He wants you so bad. He's got a mad crush over you. He wants to come in and he wants to invade every space in those spaces where he hasn't been welcomed before. He wants to come in.
1: And even if you have been down that path and you've you've accepted Jesus into your life previously and you still even to this day consider yourself a Christian, but you are going through struggles, ask every day for Jesus to be in your life. Mm -hmm. I know sometimes we get hung up on, I'm saying we as general Christianity, we get hung up sometimes on like a moment where you dedicated your life or a, a backslidden moment of coming back and rededicating your life. And maybe Trish and I might not be on the same page here. Maybe we are. To me, it's a daily walk and I know there's at least I think there is maybe I'm making it up in my head but a scripture about dying to yourself daily Mm -hmm. and don't make it a checklist don't you know make a a prayer every day to rededicate yourself to Christ I mean it's a daily walk doesn't matter where you're at in your walk with Christ whether it's brand new, first time, you've been there for 30, 40, 50 years, whatever it is, it's a daily walk with God to try your best to love like Christ loved and to really be Christ-like. And if you screw up, it's okay.
0: So bottom line, guys, invite Christ in. Be bold in your faith. When you feel like God is asking you to do something, be obedient to it. Don't be afraid of being canceled because if you're doing the Christian thing right, if you're serving the Lord right, you're going to be canceled. You're going to get persecuted. It's just the fact of the matter. It's going to happen. We cannot live in fear of that.
1: But keep your boldness true to obedience. the Word of God,
0: be bold in obedience and
1: not not true to the politicians you follow, the celebrities you follow and I use celebrities as a term of like there are Christian celebrities, there are pastors who are you know celebrities to people, right it's being bold not worrying about being canceled in the fact and I know I'm repeating what Trish just said but in the in the you you're being bold and testing that to the word of god and not just being bold because someone else said said it
0: and give other people space in your life to walk in boldness and to have free speech and to have differing opinions than you and because we're on the same we're in the same army of the Lord. We're all part of the same body of Christ. We all function differently. We all view world the world differently. And it's okay. It's okay to be friends with somebody who has a differing viewpoint than you, then raises their children different than you, that has a life that's not the same as yours. It's okay. Let's be people who can give other people space to be different have different opinions without being cancelled
1: yeah it it's okay you treat- can you be bold but if you see someone that disagrees with you and they're being bold that, allow it allow it and yeah
0: treat others how you want to be treated if you want to be bold I'm sorry this is getting so long but if you want to be bold, you have to allow other people to be bold too. You have to, because we got to treat others how we want to be treated and do unto others as we'd have done unto ourselves. And so give people that space. I love people who disagree with me a hundred percent, but will ask me why I think the way I think about something and not because they're looking for an argument, but just because they are truly curious how my strange brain works. And so I think that's kind of cool. There is so much more, Thaddeus, that I really want to talk about in regards to this issue. I feel like we are just in the shallow end of what I feel like the Lord has put on my heart in regards to this, and maybe we just need to wrap it for now and put a little bow on it and call it done. However, there is so much more to this that we could really dive into and talk about and stories from the Bible and stories of persecution around the world and different things like that that I really would love to talk about, but there isn't time, and I don't know if we'll ever get to it. But I hope you guys enjoy listening to our podcast. I hope it blesses you. I hope it inspires and encourages you to serve and represent the Lord well in our generation. I pray that all of you guys know God in your hearts, you know him in your mind, and you make him known to the world around you. Until next time, I'm Trish.
1: And I'm Thaddeus.
0: And we love you guys.